Hey there, listeners, and welcome to the Season 7 premiere of the Creative Genius Podcast from Pearl Collective. In this podcast series, co-founders Gail Doby and Aaron Weir have conversations with interior designers and experts in the design industry, from Pearl Collective clients to celebrity designers to the people who support our wonderful industry. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have 60 prior episodes you can listen to if you want full access to business and design insights. Change is never easy, but without change, there is no growth. Change tests us. It helps us to discover what we're really made of and to realize our untapped potential. In this episode of the podcast, Gail and Aaron have an in-depth conversation with longtime designer and current Pearl Collective coach, Nancy Charbonneau. You'll learn all about Nancy's business story, what caused her to take the leap of faith, the challenges of being a business owner and a mom, and why Nancy decided to become a coach and give back to the industry. We are so happy today to have Nancy Charbonneau, who has been a longtime client for our company and has been through a couple of our branding changes and also has now joined our coaching team. So uh, we are just delighted to have you, Nancy, and we're going to just ask you a lot of random questions today. I hope you're ready for this. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here, and I am so excited to talk to you today. So thank you. Well, great. Well, first of all, let's start off with where you started your business and how you got into interior design. I love that story. You've told me a couple of times, but our listeners do not know that story, so they'd love to hear it too. So I grew up in a household. My dad built the house that we lived in, and um, my mom had a sewing room in our basement. And so I grew up just watching my dad always you know, adding on to the house, you know, doing fun projects around the house. This was way before HGTV. So it's kind of, I kind of grew up with HGTV in my house. Um, my mom, like I say, she had her sewing room and she made all of the clothes for my Barbies and she made all the, you know, at the time curtains in our house. And she um, just was very creative. I just had a very creative household that I grew up in. And so um, as I became a teenager, I started becoming interested in fashion. So I started sketching and doing a lot of things with my art background as far as fashion goes. And my dad just could not get on board so much with, you know, me being an artist or going into fashion. But I found a college that had a good fashion program. And so I convinced him to allow me to go. And so I did go to my university originally in the fashion program. And then I spent that summer working in a retail store, clothing store. And most of the people that worked in that clothing store had the fashion design degrees. And so I was a little discouraged with the thought of working in a retail store when I wanted to do design. And so um, coincidentally, at the same time, my boyfriend, who now my husband now, um, his parents were building a house and had hired an interior designer. And that was very new to me because I grew up, you know, with parents that did everything, you know, they would not have hired somebody for that. So to get to see my husband, now husband, boyfriend at the times, mom and dad, um, working with an interior designer, building a home, it was like a brand new world for me. And it was so exciting. So luckily, my university had an interior design program as well. And it was an up and coming design program. They were getting fighter accredited at the time. And so it was a, a really great time for me to get involved in that program. And 
changed my major after my freshman year to interior design, and I just haven't looked back since. That's great. And uh, through that whole process, you ended up, you were in Atlanta, I believe, when you were back in the early days. And yes, then so, you ended up in Houston. And so correct. you've been in Houston for a long time now. But let's talk about where you and I met and when you were starting to look at what you needed to do in your business. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I actually started my business in Atlanta. And then I, um, my husband and I decided to have a child after we had been married for about seven years. And um, I had my business. And so um, we had basements in Atlanta. And so I actually started my business with a workroom in my basement, a drapery workroom. Because um, I love to sew. Of course, like I say, I grew up sewing. And so I would make the window treatments for my jobs in my basement in Atlanta. And um, before having children, it was easy to pull all-nighters, getting deadlines met. But once you have a child, that becomes a little difficult. So um, long story short, my husband decided to transfer with his job to Houston. And it was a huge life change. I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And that lasted six months um, after we moved because <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. Um, working for me makes me a better person. And so I just, you know, saw, especially, you know, after you have a baby, you can tend to be depressed and some of those things. And so I just saw after we moved and I wasn't working that that was not for me to be the best person that I could be and to be the best mom that I could be. So jumped right in and restarted my business um, here in the Woodlands. Um, that was 1999. Um, and we actually started the business here with a retail store attached to it. So we kept the workroom concept and we still have it to this day. Um, but we did start in 99 with the retail store and we had that retail store open for 18 years. Well, let's talk about that part because I remember that very clearly, <laughs> uh, some of the conversations we had when you first started with us. So let's go back to maybe the beginning of how you began to work with, with me as a coach and um, what brought you to me and then what happened through the process. Yeah, so like I say, in 99, we started the retail store and then it came along like 2012-ish, 2013. We had some amazing waves. I mean, as you know, there's this industry has roller coaster rides in it. And I just got to a point probably around 2015 where I'm like, why are we not more profitable? Like, why is there not more money in the bank after we worked so hard? Because at the time, my husband was working full time with me. It was both of us in the business. And I just felt like we were spinning our wheels. And so I actually signed up for your um, program with the, the notebooks, the, um, the first. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, strategic business transformation. I remember the yes. notebooks. So yeah, wow. so because I, you know, back then it wasn't like there was all this information on the Internet to find things. And so um, I had been kind of following you um, along the, the way. I think that what year did you guys start that? About 15 years ago, actually, March 8th. Yeah, but a strategic business transformation was probably, gosh, around maybe 2011. Yeah, yeah 10. I think I probably was kind of following you from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had been traveling to different um, uh, seminars with a woman named Cheryl Strickland, and she actually um, had passed away probably close to when I started working with you, she was a window treatment 
oh, person yeah. though. And so I had been traveling around because back then you couldn't do webinars and things like that. And then, you know, not having her to, you know, continue because I love to learn. I'm like, a, I just love to learn so much. And so anyway, I started following you probably close to when you started and then finally reached out and invested in that the notebook program, the SB, what was it? Small business transformation. Yeah, we we had all these sorts of acronyms when we first started. So it was SVT and it was for strategic Small business transformation. Yeah. Yep. And so I think um, just soon after that, you had reached out to me to meet in High Point um, at a dinner you were having. And that was in 2016, um, which I went um, came and met you in person at that um, event in High Point and just haven't looked back since. That's so funny. So it's hard to believe it's been that many years. And through that whole process, I know we went through a lot of uh, conversations and then you joined our boardroom and I'll never forget the retreat when we're all sitting there out on the patio at the retreat at the hotel and you were, we had the two groups together, boardroom two and um, the charter boardroom at that time. And you're getting feedback from all of the people in that group about your business. So why don't you talk about that and what happened? Yeah, it's, um, that's probably one of the pivotal, pivotal days in my life really, because, yeah. you know, I had come to that boardroom retreat, you know, um, a little apprehensive and um, not sure what I was going to do with my business. And so I felt like I was at a turning point and needed help. And it was just, again, serendipity, like the universe, just, you know, with perfect timing, just put these people there that just were brutally honest with me, including you. (laughs) <laughs> and um, to say, okay, this is what you need to do. <laughs> and I was just at a point where I was just ready and open to be like, I'm not going to spin my wheels for the rest of my life. You know, I want to make traction. I want to, you know, do what I need to do to make this be successful and to make all of this effort worth it. Um, one of my faults is that I'm not a quitter and sometimes I need to quit. And so with that being said, you know, for me to pivot is much easier than t- for me to quit something. So that was, it was perfect timing. It was so interesting too. I, I can remember that very clearly because Klaus Bayer was very direct with you as well and kind as he always is, but we were all encouraging you to change your, your branding, which you did. Mm-hmm. And you moved, you got out of your retail space, which was a very expensive space And you had to make some massive moves in a very short period of time, move out of that space, get it um, out from under you, from you having to pay for that. And um, just all of those changes that you went through. And what I remember so distinctly about all of this is you took it all in stride, but you also immediately took action Mm -hmm. and you got it done. As hard as it was, you managed to move into uh, more of a warehouse space and set it up so that your office could operate. And you made some of the tough decisions around cutting back staff to get to the point where you had more full-time versus part-time. I remember you had 17 part-time, part-time people when we started. And um, I think back on that because that happened just a little bit organically, I guess, because you said most of them had babies and then they kept coming back part-time and you kept them. And 
then the next thing you know, you're there with a whole team of halftime people, which means it takes twice as long to get things done. So as you were going through this whole process, I, I look back on that and just remember that so vividly. And what I really want to congratulate you on is your, your courage, because it takes a tremendous amount of courage to be willing to change. I just saw this really great cartoon today that says, who wants to change? Everybody raises their hand. And who, who all wants to do the work of changing? And nobody raises their hand. But you raised your hand and you did it. So oh, good for you. that brings tears to my eyes. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, yeah, I, it, it, like I say, I was just at a point in my life where it was like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes, you know, kind of thing. And you have made such an impact in my life for that. Um, and I will be eternally grateful um, because it did change my life and it was very difficult. And I mean, even to this day, when I'm meeting with my management team, I just, I, I really think I, I never want to make the same mistakes again. And we need to make sure we're not going backwards, that we're moving forwards. And, you know, it, it really and truly all stems from that retreat, which is, you know, amazing, really. I remember you talking about, um, we were outside and it was beautiful and everybody was enjoying the weather and you were the main topic, right? Like everyone was there supporting you. And I remember talking about the name of your company and the brand of your company and to the effect of like, well, no one's going to know how to spell my last name. And it's like, that's just a different thing. And everyone's like, this is a, you have a beautiful last name, Charbonneau. Like it's beautiful. You should use it. And everyone was really encouraging you. So, you know, even those fears that maybe you had like right off the bat of like, well, I'm not going to name it this because of this, you were listening. And I remember Gosh, I think that that was towards that retreat was towards the end of the year. And it was like within seconds, I felt like you already had, you know, your new branding out and your new email addresses and you were making stuff happen. So during that time, when you had this huge project ahead of you, and um, we haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned Kimberly yet, but you're right hand. She's amazing. Um, how did you guys come together and put together a plan to really execute and execute quickly on, um, and that change in your business? I mean, the thing with Kimberly is she's literally like the yin to my yang, as far as having an integrator goes. And, um, she, you know, with that being said, of course, we're kind of like oil and water at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I, to, you know, just give her so much credit. She just always has been like, you know, we're going to do what we need to do to, to make this work. And I think, you know, she knew it was time for a change to, um, and just always has been my number one, um, supporter and let's get this done. Let's roll our sleeves up, sleeves up and get this done person, which is, you know, such a blessing to have someone like that. And, it was hard. And that's when I made the decision to bring her into boardroom with me because after, you know, having to really try to get her on board, because it was scary, right? It was really scary um, to get her involved was integral to be able to move forward and make, to continue to make the changes that we need to make. Because it's not easy. I mean, there's nothing that's easy. I mean, staying the way we were, wasn't going to be easy either. So it was like, pick which path, you know? And so, um, and I mean, honestly, when Klaus 
looked at me and he says, you need to change your name to Charbonneau Interiors and do this. And I was like, he could have, he could have told me, I was like, yes, I'll do it. I will. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing, really. I mean, they were just amazing. It was, yeah, I'll never forget it. So. Yeah, that was a very memorable um, time. And the thing that I love about this too is I love what you said about pivoting because pivoting, we have done it so many times in our business and we continue to do it because we keep experiencing things like COVID or we have a recession or then we have inflation and then we have, you name it, we've had it all. And I think that we, and I would love your opinion on this, but I think that we grow the most when we have to face these really different, difficult, pivotal moments where we actually have to find out who, we're, who we are, what are we made of, how much grit do we have, how much resilience do we have, and how much determination do we have to really break through whatever our current situation is and do something radically different that you don't know how it's going to turn out, but you have to believe that it's the right move. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so one of my my personal core value words is to be invincible. Love that. And being invincible doesn't mean that things aren't hard, right? Correct. And it doesn't mean that things aren't going to be easy either. And so being invincible to me is like failure is not an option. Like it's just not. I mean, that's what being invincible is to me. And it's like I say, it's one of my personal core value words. And so um you know i like to look at my goals from the day that i'm dying looking backwards right and so you know i always when i have to make big decisions i'm like okay i'm on i'm in the last day of my life i'm on my deathbed am i going to you know what am i going to think about this you know how how has this decision impacted my life overall and, you know, at the time, it was very a very stressful time with my husband, with our retail store and financially and all of these things. And it's like, I just, you know, like I say, looking from my death backwards, it's like, I want to have a great relationship with my husband. I want to be a good mother to my children. And I want to be successful in business. But I don't want to compromise any of those one over the other. And so then it's just a matter of, okay, I got to put things in place to make that happen. And to do that, you have to be invincible because you're going to have the good and the bad. Like it just, you are. Mm -hmm. So you just have to know that and then take each day with stride. Yeah. And don't you think those pivotal moments are the times that you really grow the most in your life? Yes. And like being humbled is so hurtful and ouchy, but man, it is so great when it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I know I'll, I actually, I should, Erin, why don't you talk to her a little bit about being the working mom? Because that's right. So you mentioned that your business, you had a lot of, a lot of part-time employees in your business because they had had children and come back part-time. And that, I mean, that happens. That's a real thing. But also here you are um, starting a business when you have a baby, um, growing a business with a husband and, um, and, you know, talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that you did to kind of survive those working mom moments, but also uh, maybe what you would do a little bit differently now that you can look back and really, and really learn from it. 
It's such an interesting topic, and I'm on the other side of it now because my husband and I became empty nesters um, two, three years ago. And so our life has changed dramatically since our youngest went off to college. And um, my oldest, she actually joined our team two years ago um, as our marketing and communications um, person. And it happened very organically. It was not planned, but just to be on the other side now of all of the hard times being a working mom and having a business and having young children to me now, it's like, I feel like I'm on the other side and I can look back and say, wow, if I could go back, I just would probably do things a little different as far as giving myself some grace during those years that it is such a juggle and is so hard and the the sleep deprivation and the guilt over spending your time with one or the other, the children or the business, you know, it's just, it's such a, a very um, uh, multitasking time in life. And, you know, it's a huge challenge. It's a challenge in so many ways. And so, like I say, if I could go back and talk to myself as a young business owner, young mother, I would just, you know, want to say, just give yourself grace allow yourself restoration, which is, you know, something that's very difficult to do because that's something that's not always our priority, but, you know, it's just a time in your life that goes, and it goes by so fast. So um, it's just something that I think um, is very important to daily uh, really have purpose and intention over what, what you're telling yourself in your head as far as your ability to do this undertaking. So what would be some of the things looking back that you either felt like you did well, or maybe you do it a little bit differently aside from the grace and reminding yourself of your purpose of like, just how to balance those work responsibilities and those responsibilities at home. I think looking back, I mean, I always have had a big team as you all know, probably bigger than it should be at sometimes. Um, but I've always, before I, the book came out, Who Not How, I've always believed in that. And after reading that book, that is probably one of the best books you possibly can read as a young mom that owns a business. Um, the Who Not How concept to me is amazing. I think what I did wrong was I tried to force the who's and I had too much... Um, uh, tolerance for the who's that probably maybe weren't the right who's. And so I think that if you, you know, like if I could go back and change some things, I just might have tried to put some different people in some seats to help me more than I had. And I think that's key um, because, you know, not everybody wants to manage a big team and be a leader to a lot of people. But I do think in order to run a successful business as a young working mom, you need people around you that can help you mm -hmm. and that are dependable. Mm -hmm. I remember you know, some of those conversations <laughs> about some of the people that were on your team at that time and they weren't dependable. And I remember how difficult it was because you had that emotional connection to people and that feeling of responsibility toward them. 
And I think that's one of the hardest things is to have to make some tough decisions because sometimes the people that got you to that particular point where you were aren't going to take you to the next level. And so you have to make some big decisions along the way. And it's hard because you do it's have It's so that hard. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing for me. I it's just, I really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Having a heart for people is, um, you know, one thing. And then, you know, having to make tough business decisions is another. And I feel much different now than I did back then, obviously. And of course, I've, you know, gained a little wisdom getting older. Um, <laughs> but I do think that having really good people around you is, is so helpful in getting through some of these times in your life when you're juggling things like, you know, having a young family. And um, I just think, again, you have to kind of have the perspective of, you know, what do I want my life to look like, you know, at the end of my life and, you know, maintaining some of those really important relationships and things that are outside of your business are very important too. And so I think when it comes time to making tough decisions with hiring people to help you, I think that it's critical. So what are some of the ways that you made time, like make time for yourself, both as a business owner now with empty nesters, but also um, as you were, as you're building your business and you had two young, adorable girls at home? Well, again, I, I think you have to have your core value, personal core value, um, core values that, that guide your decisions, right? And so like for me, um, you know, along with those core values are the things that give you confidence, right? And so when you're a young mom, it's like you're so worried about your children. Oftentimes you're not worried about thinking about the decisions you make for yourself that are going to help you have confidence. But like confidence is key, just to, to life, right? Because um, if you're not feeling confident, um, you're not going to be able to go do in the world what you're here to do, right? Because you're going to not feel good about it. So one of the things for me, feeling confident is I, I have to be physically fit to feel confident. And so that's just, one again, one of my core values. So even when my children were young, I made the time to try to continue taking care of my body just because for me, it was a core value that if I don't feel good about myself physically, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And so it's just making those really tough boundaries over things that are going to impact your life and that are non-negotiable. Like it's just a non-negotiable for me. Cause it's like, if I don't eat right, work out daily, I don't feel good and I can't go out and do anything if I don't feel good. So I have to put the boundaries around that. And I did it even when my kids were young. And I mean, I'm glad I did because it's very difficult to um, give up a lot of those things during the years you're raising children. And then all of a sudden they leave and then you're like, oh, now what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. So what are some of the things that you're able to explore or bring back into your life now that you, you have a little bit more time? Well, it's so fun. (laughs) I have some friends that are in our same situation. They're so depressed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I'm just able to, I mean, I had so many hobbies um, growing up, you know, again, with such creative household. I grew up in, I took art classes and pottery classes and all these things as a kid and piano lessons and played tennis and all these things. And so I'm just able to, you know, go start doing those things again. I've I'm taking an oil painting portrait class right now. Um, You know, just got back into doing some 
things like working in my yard and gardening and and I have you know probably upwards of 50 house plants now in my house that oh my gosh um, I just love because I now contend to those you know and I now have and I have a new kitten children (laughs) yeah and I talk to them and and they are so responsive and like I said I just got a new kitten because I love cats and you know I just feel like it's just such a fun time because I feel like I'm able to you know not feel guilty about spending time on my passions so that's great and I would also give you some kudos the fact that your um, oldest daughter is working in the business with you and says a lot because she saw you set an example for her so all those times when you felt guilty about putting time into work she was getting the work ethic from you and she was seeing what it means to be a successful person not just a business owner so look at the good side of what happened from that. And if you hadn't been, or if you'd been the stay-at-home mom, you wouldn't have set that example. You wouldn't have this opportunity to work together and explore the mother-daughter relationship in more of a business environment. Yeah, and I mean, that means the world to me. I, I never imagined that um, my children would even want to be a part of the business. And my younger daughter probably won't, which is great because she she wants to travel and do you know, some things probably more aligned with what my husband's passions are with being a pilot. Um, But when my older daughter, you know, graduated from college and she's so smart and so talented, um, she was at a job where she was feeling underutilized. And she called me one day, you know, just kind of asking for some advice because she had this job and she said that it's way she, she would get her work done and like, you know, two hours and she'd have to sit there the rest of the day and they wouldn't let her go beyond her job description to, you know, Mm. do things, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we literally just wrote a job description for a marketing person. Would you like to interview for it? Um, I said, it will not be interviewing with me. You'll have to interview with the management team and, you know, we are interviewing other people. So would you be interested? And she's like, let me think about it, you know? And so then she's like, oh yes, yes. I would like to interview for this job. And so it was, you know, and I've never been her supervisor. She has a supervisor, but she now is on our management team, which is super exciting. And um, she, you know, we've had some conversations and she would like to be a part of the company and maybe someday, you know, step in if I want to retire, which is so exciting. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, things can change, of course, but um, it's, it's just been an amazing journey and one I just never would have imagined but I mean, both my kids honestly have told me like, mom, we're so glad that you worked and were a professional working mom and not a mom that's been, you know, just sitting home and depressed and not, you know, not taking care of herself. And so, you know, I do think that hearing that after all those tough years is definitely makes it all worth worthwhile. So Well, I know that your daughter just got married and she's a part of the business, which is very exciting. Not to assume that she's going to have kids, but sometimes that happens when you're young and you want to, you know, that's part of your goal. You mentioned that you and your husband waited seven years, but do you feel like there are any in your culture of your company? Do you think that there's anything that will maybe slightly change a little bit so that you can foster her work and being a young mom whenever that that happens, whether it's in six months or it's in six years? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, she does not live here. She, she lives about three hours away. 
So we're not in the same um, city. Mm -hmm. So I think it just depends logistically and they're a young couple and they're interested in possibly and she because she works remotely. I have a couple people on my team that work remotely. And so I think it just I think logistically will depend, you know, what that shakes out to be. Um, but I she does understand the concept of, you know, when they decide to start a family that she would like to be able to have the ability to have help hired help should she choose that path so um okay it'll be it'll be definitely a interesting journey for sure and fun well going back to just having a support system whether it's um going through you know like a vap experience or the gale so you can really be supported in a plan for your business or it's being a part of a community like the boardroom and having those supporters you know another way of support is having a coach and you have come on as a coach uh for pro collective and um, let's just talk a little bit about that. Um, coaching isn't for everybody. You're still running your business as well. So um, what made you want to be a coach? And, um, you know, what are some of your favorite highlights from it so far? Well, it's interesting because my mom was a elementary teacher and I just never felt like I had a teaching bone in my body. Like I just felt like, oh, this must skip, skip a generation because I like had no desire to become a teacher. And so when um, Gail had asked me, you know, to consider coaching, you know, I did a lot of reflecting and I was like, you know what, I actually think that I would love that. And so I guess it's been what, about a year now that I've been coaching, maybe a little over a year. It's not longer. I think it's close to two. Yeah. Yeah. Is it close to two? Yeah, I think so. Um, I absolutely love it. it I, it's, I just... I'm so shocked at how much I just have loved it. It's just amazing to me. And I feel like uh, part of my life goals is to give back. And it's just such a, a very amazing way to give back in, in my mind. Um, you have obviously helped me so much and it's, I couldn't have done it without you. And I just feel like coaching gives me the ability to return that favor. And then also I think that, um, this industry is very hard. I, I think that it, I think that it requires coaching, to be honest with you. I just can't imagine having done it without you and without having coaching and having support along the way. And the relationships I've made with, you know, fellow um, boardroom members and, and even now, you know, having my coaching clients, it's, it's just, I, it's just so amazing to have that support system. And coaching to me just has made, um, I feel like it's made me better at what I do in a weird way because I can have the relationships with my coaching clients. I can go be with my team and then feel like, you know, I'm empowering people in both on both sides. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I say, making a difference, which is important to me. So, well, your clients love you and you've really helped a lot of them grow. And I think that one of the things that I don't know about you, I've been doing coaching now for a long time, and I never thought of myself as a teacher either. And I had teachers in my background as well. And all of a sudden you realize that you have a purpose and your purpose is to give back. Your purpose is to help other people be, uh, to grow and be successful. And that's 
a gift in itself. And so to me, the way you really learn what you really need to learn is that you actually teach it. So the you're you're a better business person as a result of being a coach, because then all those lessons maybe you heard from me or other people on the team, all of a sudden those become real. You're starting to teach them to others and then you really own those, which makes such a huge difference. Don't you think? I do. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's truly amazing. Um, I just think that also just uh, being able to have, like I say, that support system to be like, you're not alone in this. Like, you know, I've been through this too. Um, you will come out the other side, you know, those kind of things, I think is, is something that, that we all need to hear. And I think, like I say, I think interior design is one of the most difficult businesses to, to be a business owner. And it's just so difficult because we obviously are, we have so much coming at us and, you know, we're all trying to have our true voice, you know, our, our, our voice, but then it's like, then we have to conform to, oh, we want to have all these Instagram followers. So we have to like, you know, do something to get these followers. And oh, we have to like have these, you know, amazing photo shoots and all of these things that put so much pressure on, you know, the outcomes mm-hmm. of what you do. And just having all of that stress and trying to be a leader to a team and trying to keep work in the pipeline and trying to you know, have good cash flow and have your finance, your financials up to date. And, you know, all of these things is just, it's just a lot. And so I think having a support system like a coach is just such a blessing. And I'm just so thankful to be able to be a part of that. Well, we're glad to have you on the team. It has made a huge difference. And I think for our clients, as part of our just our way of doing things. We feel like we have an ecosystem once people have been in our program for enough years and they understand what we're teaching, then they can teach it. And then it continues to cycle because we know that that our clients are the best ones to coach on the topics that we teach. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me. I love it. Of course. Um, I want to switch gears just for a second. And this is to talk a little bit about The fact that your business was successful enough to allow your husband to make a career shift. And we have had a few clients that have been able to do that. And I think that must feel really good and good for your husband, for him being in a position where he can let you be that strong person so that he can go do something that he really, truly loves. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so, you know, like I was saying earlier, my husband worked with me for about 10 years in our business, and he's always wanted to be a pilot. When we first got married, he went to flight school. Um, We just never, it just, it takes a lot of, um, it takes about two years of either, you know, just going to, through a program to just get all these hours you have to get of flight time, or you go into the military, or it just takes time. And so I know after we got married and he went to flight school, he just got the opportunity to go into um, a job with his brother's company and um, the salary was so great. And it was like, you know, back then we're young. And so we went the money route instead of the passion route for him because we were young and wanted to get a house and all of these things. And so then we had kids. And so anyway, he put his passions to the side to, you know, support our family and then 
leave his job to come help me with the business. And I feel like he completely dropped his passions for 10 years to help me with this interior design company. And so when he went back to his job, um, he just wasn't just himself and wasn't super happy. And so when the pandemic hit, he just made some hard decisions because we were doing um, Ben Hardy's uh, program that through your recommendation and he was doing it along with me and just talking about your future self. And, you know, like I say, we became empty nesters and he's like, gosh, you know, I just really want to fly. And so I'm like, you know what, we're not getting any younger. We're, you know, in our young fifties, it's like, how many more years do you have to be a pilot? Maybe 20 at the most. And so I'm like, we need to do this now. And luckily our business, um, we have an amazing team. I have just such great people and it just was a really good time for it to, um, you know, continue to maintain, you know, me taking a salary and those kind of things so that he could finally pursue what his passion is. And it's truly a joy to watch. And he has a few job offers um, on the table for this, this coming spring to go into the airlines. And it's just amazing. It's, it's truly just uh, been a fun process to watch. And he's, you know, doing all of these things alongside young people that are in the same, you know, phase of their career. They're like in their young twenties and he's in his young fifties, but he's actually getting to mentor some of those kids because they don't have the street smarts that he has. And so it's just so cool to watch. And it's just been such a blessing. Mm. That's That's so exciting. Well, just to wrap up, we usually like to ask um, three things that we could give to our listeners, um, both in either business or personal, um, just that they could take back to their businesses um, or their lives today. What are three like takeaways that you think um, you'd like to share? So I think uh, the three things I would say is to give yourself grace, but at the same time, remember to try and laugh every day. And just, you know, life has to be enjoyable and fun. And sometimes that's difficult. So just don't take yourself too serious and laugh and um, stay strong to, you know, what, what is meaningful to you in your life. So that's one. And then two would be, I do believe in that word restoration. So just don't forget to take care of yourself. Restoration is a real thing and it is absolutely needed. And it can even be, um, in fact, I was just listening to something on um, restorative yoga that even if you do a five minute restorative yoga session, you can completely reset your frame of mind. So um, just in dealing with all of the stress that comes along, just taking the time for that restoration, even if it's five minutes, we all can spare five minutes. I always look at it like it's a song, you know, when it comes to like, even like working out, it's like, do you have time to listen to two songs? Then you have time to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same thing with restoration, you know, taking the time, you know, for two songs to to restore yourself is so worth worth the time. And then third would probably be to um, really emphasize the quality of the who's that are helping you um, and really having your A-team in place um, and not having the fear and anxiety over letting go of people that may not be the A-team player, if that makes sense. 
Well, thank you, Nancy. We so appreciate you being here. Looking forward to seeing you this spring live. We're excited to see you in Denver here in a few months. And so excited. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And um, excited to see what the next 10 years is for you. Exciting. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it so much. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of season seven. Stay tuned for the next couple weeks where we'll be releasing two different interviews with industry veterans from our time at High Point Market. You'll learn their stories and how they're contributing to the education you can find as part of High Point's bustling design scene. Make sure to learn more and register for our upcoming events. On September 13th, you can attend the free Financial Masterclass. Or if you're in Houston, Gail Dobie will be speaking at Design Edge Houston on the 13th and 14th. We'll also be announcing our High Point market appearances and events very soon. Go to our events page at thepearlcollective.com events to keep up to date on where we'll be. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Collective, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or visit us at thepearlcollective.com.